This podcast is sponsored by the Club Women's Network. It can be lonely working for yourself, so this online support and learning network is here to help women learn what they need to know to stay in business. They meet online twice a month and in-person meetups too. They teach you everything from reels to financial forecasting. For more information, check out theclubwomensnetwork.com. Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast, or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I am Steph McSherry, I forgot who I was then. <laughs> I'm a preschool activity and behaviour specialist and I created Kinderama to support their development. I'm also a mum of two. Hello, I am Bethan O'Reardon, I know that for sure. And <laughs> I'm a mum <laughs> of three and I'm a psychotherapist and I run the online parenting support, the Calm Parenting Community. So each week, Steph and I answer one of your parenting questions and share our huge experience working with children and families to help make your lives easier. Marvellous. Click (laughs) like or follow or subscribe wherever you're listening. Um, We're now doing these podcasts as videos on YouTube if you want to see our gorgeous faces on this sunny morning. (laughs) There we go. And if you want us to answer one of your questions, email us, themummind at gmail.com. Or you can slide into the old DMs on Instagram. A few people have been doing that, which is good. Oh, yeah. I love that expression, slide into the DMs. It's just so like, I mean, could you imagine that being part of your repertoire like 10 years ago? (laughs) I can can also imagine my 12-year-old cringing at the fact that I said it. (laughs) Yeah. Must say it more then. Mental note. Yes, exactly. Must say it more around (laughs) 12-year-olds. This is the joy of parenting a tween. I was just telling Bethan before we started that my kids wouldn't get out of the car this morning when we were waiting for the school bus. So I just opened the doors and started singing opera at them and they soon left the car going, stop it. What are you doing? (laughs) Excellent work, Steph. Excellent. that's that right there and I had a busy morning I was on news talk oh yes you were very good where I called you Kinderama instead of Steph but that's okay okay. (laughs) I think most people know me as Kinderama and don't actually know my name so it's fine (laughs) it's great it's like where I live I've been living here for over 10 years and people call me Richie's wife hi Richie's wife Am I great? You know, but in some way it's great because I go a little bit under the radar, but also my name is Bethan. I I mean, there is really only one Bethan where I live, definitely. And a lot of people call you Bethan, which I, I, yeah, I'm married, I'm married to a Neil and everyone calls him Niall. They can't, they just can't say Neil. (laughs) Even if he corrects them, they slide back into Niall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's I kind of like it. My mum says to me when she comes over, why does everybody call you Beth Ann? That's not your name. I know. I know. <laughs> so, Sometimes whatever. you just have to let the let the things slide. I don't mind. Okay, yeah. so let's let's move on to this week's question, unless mm. you have any other burning no, no, no. information you need to tell. I everyone. tore my hamstring this week. Oh, oh, did you? How? Yeah. Oh, that's a very funny story. Do you know, uh, Ray, I'll be brief, Ray Goggins and the, so it's the Irish Special Forces Ultimate Hell Week. I was not okay. doing that, just I was to clarify. Say, where is this going, Steph? Yeah, they were doing an emotional intelligence course down in Killarney, which I did. And in the afternoon, they kindly took us out into the forest, which was absolutely terrifying because I was like, dear God, what are they going to get us to do? And it was kind of like team building, you know, working as a team, that kind of thing. But I, I, this little competitive streak came out of me and I could see that our team were going to win if I managed to do this one thing. 
and I slipped. By God, did I slip? I slipped kind of forwards. I grazed my knee. I rolled over oh. onto my back. It was very dramatic. All all captured on film, which is lovely. Oh, and... good work. Good work, Steph. <laughs> and I stood there for ages because, you know, you jump up and you say, I'm fine. I'm fine. So, you know, I'm fine. And then for ages, I was there going, that really hurt. That really hurt. And then I had to make my excuses. And I ended up at the physio at nine o'clock that night. And she was like, yeah, you've torn that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's awful, isn't it? Lots of rest. Yeah. Um, my husband, being a hurler over 40, mm. does acquire a, many an injury. Lovely. And he would say that an acupuncture needle into the hamstring yes, is the that's, thing that fixes it. That's what she did. She did the old dry <gasps> needling. And I have to say... Yes, there were lots of expletives came out of my mouth that night. <laughs> yes, but you've been through childbirth, so you're well yeah, able. <laughs> I am well able. Okay. Okay, well, I mean, exit. so that is the update on Steph and I. Yep. Okay, so this week the question is, how do I talk to my teen, and the teen is 14, about body image and eating? Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Is this, is this, do you know whether it's a boy or girl? Girl. Okay. Because I've noticed... Um, I have a nine-year-old boy and I wouldn't think body image would play a role in his little life at all. But I've noticed him start to say, has this got fat in it? Is this, would this make me fat and things like that? And I think oh. it's come from some particularly nice boys at school calling him fat, which he is not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I found that quite difficult because I'm like, what you want to go is, oh, you're not fat. You don't know. Stop. To, you know, and I know that's probably not helpful. So I've gone very scientific on it. I've gone very kind of explaining what's in food and what we need and what but gives that's us energy. also your son's language, isn't it? Yes. He, he, he like, he's, he's like a sciencey brain kind of kid. Mm, yes. Yes. From what I know. But emotional teenage girls, I think, are a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. So I'm reading a book about this at the minute. I often come back to reading books about this kind of thing. Mm. As a therapist, it's what you do. But um, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. So I generally don't work with eating disorders because, and, I'm not, and I know this person isn't talking about eating disordered eating, but of all the stuff that I have worked with over the years, I find it easier to work with people who are suicidal and self-harming than wow. I do with people who have eating disorders or disordered yeah. eating. And I know that sounds very drama-rama, but I'm just putting it into the terms of, you know, as a therapist, you get someone sitting in front of you who's broken up with their boyfriend is devastated, rightly so, or at the other end of the scale, you get someone who's suicidal. So there's a lot in between, mm. right? And I think you see what, I mean, in a nutshell, what it all boils down to is the child's sense of self. And I know that sounds a little bit therapy chat, but it's like so much of girls. We'll just talk about girls for the minute, if that's yeah, OK. That's okay. Just, you yeah. know, because, because sometimes it's a little bit complicated because boys are a little bit different. OK. You see, the thing um, is, it, is that and for me, this is one of the dangers of the online world is that the online world is for so many children becoming a better place to live than the real world. Oh, isn't that just heartbreaking to hear? Yes. 
And so even things like, and I'm really conscious of it in my family, like we're having mm. a hard time with different bits and bobs that I won't go into, just normal life stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, parents aging and, you know, all the rest of it. So we've had a tough old time. So I know that the devices have been used a little bit more. And so I t- today is like my regroup day when I'm like, okay, I need to regroup and figure out what we're doing. But it's that children need real life experiences to help them develop a sense of who they are. And these things don't have to cost money. You know, it can be a walk on the beach, take your shoes off, feel the sand under your feet. Remember, children don't learn about life only through books. Like if they were to read about planting a seed through a book, that's lovely. But if they were to get a seed and pop it into the soil and water it and see it grow that develops another kind of knowledge around the self and around who you are so just an example for me at the minute is we were um during I don't know one of the seven million lockdowns we really got into the great pottery throwdown oh yeah my daughter's always been like when are we gonna go and do pottery and I'm like oh my god I don't know <laughs> yeah let, let me just drag out the wheel <laughs> yeah 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 I mean yeah yes exactly <laughs> throw your clay yeah I discovered the Kinsale Pottery Studio and so I said right this is something we can do this is a real life experience and okay I don't know how much it is but it's money but it's fine money I think for a half day learning like it's an investment yeah but things don't have to cost money you know there's blackberries you can go blackberry picking Mm. elderberry picking now is the time I mean so much of eating disorders is about the person not having a sense of themselves and the last thing I'll say about this because I feel a bit waffly is um that teenager who suddenly develops an eating disorder it's all a really mostly about their early childhood experiences it's just within the development of the brain and the body they come out in the teenage years would you say would you say a teenage girl is more influenced by the people around her or the people that she's looking at online or in a magazine does anyone read a magazine anymore um than most people as in is that a time where they're quite malleable yeah so teenage girls are all about finding their peers and fitting in you know girls naturally even if you look at a five-year-old girl in school compared to a five-year-old boy in school generally they will want to please the teacher more yeah you know my daughter spent so much of her formative years in school drawing pictures for teacher and the boys didn't you know and and, and it's because girls have this natural quality within them to want to please people and it's not a bad thing it's like just the drive within them you know so I think girls are definitely more open to seeing images and believing it but we have to balance that out with reality yes and and that is the role of the parent you know the school can do their education pieces they can have their well-being supports they can do this that and the other but if your child is living in the technology world too much then they're missing the guidance from you children need guidance from parents this is it and would you say to that mum because I know I would from my experience which I'll say about in a minute but perhaps to not focus on the food or the eating and to more focus on the other as in yeah filling filling her life is wrong but like the other influences rather than the food because if you get into a battle about the food I think you're in a never winning battle there 
Yeah. And then it's just behavior management around food. And you've sort of missed the point of what's going on. I always remember when I trained as a therapist, one of the first things we ever learned, it's never about the oranges. It's always about the pears, which means that when someone comes into the therapy room and says, my problem is this. okay, that's how the problem is coming out. But there's something going on underneath. So I think with a teen or a preteen, so something we talk about in the camp parenting community and, and, and Helen is there, who's a child and family therapist. So she works with the younger children mainly. And she's been doing it for 24 years. So she's vastly experienced. Mm. And she would say the conversation we need to have is to be curious around why this is coming up. So say to your teen or your preteen, look, I'm just really curious about, you know, what's got you thinking about this stuff? And we're not allowed to ask the what and why questions and like, why are you thinking this? Yeah, but you're yeah. allowed to soften it out with a look. What is, what's got you thinking about this right now? Where have you seen it? Who's been talking about it? Mm. You know, and, and this is where parents, you have to be very brave and steal yourself for hearing things that are very hard. And I think you, you also know? have to really be aware. And again, this has come from experience of what's being said in your household. Because I I think as women, we can be disastrous at looking in the mirror and going, oh, Jesus, I've put on a few pounds or this doesn't fit. Or, you know, if you're saying that out loud a lot, I would check yourself because your little people, even if they are really small, are soaking that up. They're soaking that up as a, oh, this is how we are. This is how, you know, and if you're, I don't know, permanently on a new diet or, you know, there's grapefruit for breakfast that was the, the 1970s was it that you had to oh, the, the, wow. the, the grapefruit diet or the cabbage soup diet you know if if, if that's Oof. kind of constantly going in on in your house that really is sending a message to your kids that that's yeah. how we function around food and that you're never good enough no matter what you're looking like you know um, yeah and isn't it that old adage as well? Like, so I I listen to, I do listen to another podcast outside oh my of God. ours, Steph. I know, Stop the Lights. And it is called Outspoken Beauty. And I love it. It's one of my favorite podcasts, apart from On The Scent, which is my other favorite podcast, which is all about perfume. But on Outspoken Beauty, they often go through the history files of beauty. And, you know, you can see it back to the days of Dior and back to the days before, before, before. The role of the woman has have sorry, the role of the woman was to have the thinner waist, the bigger bust, the, so Mm. this isn't new. You know, the concepts that we're dealing around, around uh, womanhood, uh, eating, they're, they're not new to women, Yeah, you know, so on you go, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, so I, I did have an eating disorder when I was a teenager. And I, when I think back like for years, if you asked me about it and what started it, I'd say, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But actually, and this was before online stuff was ever around, I spent a lot of time with a woman that clearly had an eating disorder and almost made that very appealing. You know, oh. I am 35 and I still wear the clothes that I did when I was 15. I'm still yeah. that size, you know, all of that kind of bollocks. <laughs> yes. And then I went to a performing arts college where you spend all day, every day in a leotard. And, you know, this was an era where the ballet teachers were, you know, very clear at telling you what was acceptable and what was not acceptable in front of the mirror. So, you know, add to that leaving home at 16 and not having much control, you know, all of that stuff. 
I, I often think an eating disorder starts with, well, I can control this. You're not going to find many 16 year olds that are alcoholics. I don't think, you know, this is, this is the first thing that you can control. Yeah. You know, and you will have power over, even if you're still living at home with your parents. And I don't think anyone sets out going, well, I'm going to be anorexic or I'm going to be bulimic. You know, yeah. it's about control. I think it was for me. Yeah. And I think it's about this idea of not being stuffed, you know, yes. uh, like so many children are stuffed at the minute. And I mean, my kids do a rake of after school activities and, and, and they love them. But sometimes we will take a break for a week for one of them or, you know, we we kind of try to make it work. Yeah. But children generally are very stuffed and not just with after school activities, with emotions, with life, with being good. And then they say, OK, you try to stuff me. I will do the one thing in my control mm. to not be stuffed. But the other thing about eating disorders is this is um, you may disagree. Of course, that's OK. We will mm. still talk next week. Um, is that the people who I've met and the research that I've read say that people are actually very happy when they are in their disordered eating. Yeah. And this is the really tricky thing. They're like, I've never been happier. I've never been happier. Look how strong my willpower is. Yeah. It's like I can push a button and do the ultimate thing and be the ultimate thing. And that is very hard to go against if you don't have a developed sense of self to know that, yeah, you've got that amazing willpower, but putting it into this is unhelpful. Yeah. So people who have eating disorder are really happy in a way that if you've never had an eating disorder you probably wouldn't understand yeah you do you, you do definitely think about everyone else as well they're weak because they're eating everything ah. and look at them you know they can't they can't do the things that I can do absolutely yeah um I'm really aware that we've kind of gone down the route of saying all these things but without, yeah. without anything helpful I'm thinking this poor mum is listening to this going I know all that now yeah. what do I do <laughs> so I think one of the biggest things right and you might think oh this isn't very helpful is to be available okay okay you this mum has all the clues that her daughter is thinking about really big stuff and children think about really big stuff all the time you know, from the age of five, who are my friends in the playground up to, ooh, I wonder if I should eat a bit less so I can be a bit thinner. And one of the best ways to support a child is to be available. This doesn't mean you're not to have a life. It doesn't mean you're allowed to that you're not stuck with your nose in a phone. Have your nose in a book if you want to, um, but that you're not distracted when you're around them that you're available and you can see them, that when they walk in the door, mentally, you're their mom or you're their dad and you can look at them and go, I know they're not okay. Or I know they're okay. You know, because you, and if you don't have that, I'll help you tune into that. Yeah, or, or I remember probably one of the our earliest podcast episodes, you said, I'm going to go for a walk. Does anyone want to come? And mm. the, the child that needed you at that time was like, I'll come. Yeah. And you knew, you knew. Yeah. And then when you're walking comes out and that can be anything, right? You know, I'm going to go yeah. for a hot chocolate down the road. Does anyone want to oh. come? 
you know that yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know and that often or drive somewhere because that's side by side rather than that kind of face-to-face grilling (laughs) yeah it's a lot yeah yeah I mean this idea of being available but also be available on your child's terms because I know that say with I know with one of my kids whenever I say I'm going for a walk he cries oh (laughs) because he because he hates walking (laughs) but if I said I'm going to go to the ball wall with my Hurley and Slitter and do a few shots he'd be there within a heartbeat there you go and if I said I'm going to take a packed lunch as well if I really wanted to make sure he was going to come I'm going to take a packed lunch with a Kit Kat and a Vit Hit because they love a Kit Kat and a Vit Hit you know so or I would take some fruit and a Vit Hit or whatever it was it doesn't always have to be chocolate or sweets we're luring kids into us with um, so the first thing I'd say is be available. And the second thing is listen to what your child is saying without wanting to fix it. Mm. But also children need guidance from adults. And if you don't know what to say, get the help and support to know what to say. But I would stay away from forums online about eating disorders. Oh, no. a, a lot of the time, my experience is, is that the parents who are there giving advice would be parents who are in a disordered eating phase themselves so it's really kind of um I was gonna say yeah I was gonna say warped advice but I don't mean it in a nasty way it's just no but it can be toxic yeah a hundred percent and do you remember that um it was Catelyn Moran's book I read a little passage out a few weeks back and I said about the kind of you know if we're constantly saying to our child you know that to brush off the small things that they are kind of subconsciously putting them under the carpet until it becomes a massive mound and her daughter actually ended up with an eating disorder and and self-harming and she was like I don't get it you know we're we're a happy family we do this together we all talk we have a laugh and then this happened I don't get it and then she kind of realized she started off with the making her favorite dinner every day or, you know, having her favorite slippers and a cozy blanket for her when she came home. And, but that was almost adding to the stuffing of, yeah. you know, she wasn't just there. <laughs> yeah. And it took her ages and you know, I, I perhaps recommend it for that mum to read uh, more than a woman. It's, it's a fab read of, of a really hard journey that that family took through it all and navigating the mental health services and all of that. And she kind of knew they got to a point, and I'm not saying this is going to happen to this family, but maybe if anyone else is listening, she kind of knew her daughter had to get to a point herself at being rock bottom before she was yeah. ready to build herself back up. And I do agree with that. Like if you go into any, um, I ended up in an, uh, a hospital in London that's kind of specialised in it's quite entertaining when you look back on it because you know one floor was all gambling addicts and things like that another floor was all alcoholics and substance abuse and another floor was eating disorders I mean what and, a mix right I know and we all come <laughs> together for you imagine this is like I think I was about 18 17 18 and uh once a week we'd all come together for one big group session with all the issues that were going on but actually they all had a common thread and now I look yeah. back and think that's why we all came together because actually the issues that were going on on were the same no matter how they materialized but um I do think you know if you're trying to enforce change on somebody that doesn't want to change it's never going to happen you almost have to just be there for them ready to catch them would you say the same 
Yeah, well, but this is life. Yeah. You know, life is, I always think parenting is the parenting. Bloody hard work. <laughs> well, but it is totally exhausting because being yeah. available in that non-fluffy slippers kind of fashion. Yeah. Right. Means you really trusting that life will unfold as it's meant to. Yeah. Even through the ups out. and downs. Just hanging out, waiting is really uncomfortable because we're just so programmed to fix and sort and make better. And, you know, seeing you hurting, seeing you being uncomfortable is really uncomfortable for me. Yeah, but I mean, so much of parenting is the parent figuring out that. So then it frees up the space for the child to just remedy whatever they need to. You know, I think a great example of this that's maybe a bit more tangible or more relate relatable to people is friends. You know, girls in schools can be really tricky and really complicated. And so much of the time parents can want to rush in, almost have like um, a focus group with all the girls. So tell me what's going on? Why aren't you talking to her and get the mums involved? So if you could just. But a lot of it is especially around the age 10 or 11 is the time for us to step back a little bit and see how children figure this stuff out. Yes. But, but the thing about taking a step back and just, just being available for them to plug into you that, um, I can't think of the word that is kind of um, the end product of the previous 10, 15 years that you've been raising your child, right? And how you've navigated your parental anxiety around all the things that give us parental anxiety. Mm. So then you can take a step back and go, do you know what? I've put in the foundations. I did my best. And there's none of this. It wasn't perfect, but I did my best. It's just, I did my best. And then trusting that them, they, they then now are like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon and they're going to get the knocks of life and they're going to, but because of the previous 10, 15 years you've put into this relationship, the ups and downs get landed in a solid foundation of safety and trust and being loved and cared for. And they have to have the ups and downs. I've, I'll never forget something you said to me and it's probably years ago now. Um, and let me get this right, it wasn't about obviously eating or something like that. I had a concern over my daughter, who was say about 10 at the time. And I, I, it was bringing up stuff in me and I was thinking, you know, oh, but this felt awful and I know how that feels because this happened to me and then this happened to me and then I had years of this, that and the other. And you said to me, but look at you now. Yeah. That, that made you the person you are. You know, why isn't your daughter entitled to that same experience? Yeah. And knowing that they're going to be all right at the end of it. Well, that was very nice of me, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> very, very wise. You're very wise. I just got like a little, um, you know, when your hairs go up on your Goosebumps. arms when you said that then. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's, nice something, back. It's, it's one of but those it's things true. that lands and you're like, well, that's yeah. true. I did do all that silly stuff, but I'm still okay. Yeah, it's just part of your life experience. And this is why, you know, parenting, it's a little bit about children, but it's mostly about how parents are activated. And and, and it's funny, I, I at the minute on my Instagram, I'm just asking three questions to parents, just because I'm taking two weeks off Instagram um, for a couple of weeks, just to take a break. But also I want to make sure, well, how is it that I am sharing my 18 years experience with parents? And the majority of parents have responded to say things are all right I'm just looking for information and I think well that's really good 
But information is step one. Step two is to figure out how this activates you and how you're impacting your child. And most parents would say to me, I'm not impacting my child. They're all right. And I say, okay. So far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, 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 and I, I don't know when parents have this moment of realization. Oh, my God, it's me. It's not them. Well, and I do think there are parts of childhood, especially the early years where you just kind of get through. And I think these parts that are quite challenging. Sorry if you can hear glass bins being emptied in the street outside. No, do, you, do you know what we can hear is birds tweeting. It's oh, that's so nice. lovely. There you yeah. go. Um, that completely put me off what I was saying. Oh, I think you were talking about glass bins and, um... <laughs> <laughs> and birds tweeting. And birds tweeting. Oh, I was saying that the, the early years, I feel, are a little bit about survival, whereas when they kind of start to get to that bit where they have a bit of autonomy and and start to kind of start to move away from you, I think those are the bits that start to challenge us as people and parents. Yeah, because, 100%. Yeah, that's how, and... how I feel, yeah. The Cam Parenting Community is my online support for parents. It's waitlist free and inside is myself and a child and family therapist. So together we offer you 42 years experience helping children and family to solve your parenting problems. If you want to join us, head to my website, bethanoreardon.com and be the change your children need drives me probably does drive me bananas actually but I get over it very quickly is all of these like I see on Instagram ads and on Facebook ads this like hey get this emotional regulation coloring pack for your child and this toolkit for a calm child and and I don't know how these organizations have so much money to put behind the filming the paid advertisement because you we know as as people who run businesses this stuff costs a fortune mm. and it's and, and I'll have like you know 37,000 likes on it parents saying this is a great idea to help children and I almost want to scream from the rooftop this isn't what kids need this is the stuffing that I'm talking about this is exactly the stuffing yeah and, but but people don't know this because there's there's different kinds of people working with children who have different titles who call themselves different things but they have not sat in front of someone who has self-harmed they have not sat in front of someone for years and years with an eating disorder who's suicidal who's anxious they think oh getting your kids to do this like coloring things going to be great for them i mean i'm not going to say it's bad for them but this is also the stuffing and it's not a long-term view of children development and the future we want for them. That makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And something that popped into my head then, particularly to do with this mum of the 14-year-old, and it's it's possibly a whole nother podcast topic, but I'm assuming this child has a device and I'm assuming she may be looking at things that the mum has no awareness of. Um, how much do you interfere with that? Oh, well, you have to interfere. Okay. So, 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 so much of the time parents say to me, I didn't want to say anything to them. I said, no. Okay. We're past the point of not saying, you know, for example, if, if, um, I don't know, you find like a suicide note from a child, right. And say, yeah. oh, I didn't want to say anything to them. You have to, yeah. you know, it's the same with all of this stuff. Children need you to just put the up. words on the thing and yeah. just be curious so look I know that you're thinking these things you know after your conversation I'm really curious like where where has this come from like who's talking about food and 
you know, what are you looking at online? And you say, okay, I'm going to have a look online just so I know what you're looking at. And there may be resistance, there may not be resistance, mm. you know, but you as the parent have to do your due diligence because this person was an early teen. So we're talking 13, 14, 15. Yeah. You have to do your due diligence and say, well, I think this is actually damaging your brain because the tricky thing is it's like when kids see porn and stuff it lands in a part of their brain that activates a kind of fear and a kind of like oh my god that was so disturbing like I was watching a program last night and an advert for Saw 6 came up or something and I hate horror movies and I can't get this image out my brain of the kid on the bike and the oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm an adult right should I be able to manage these I don't know so my point is is that 100% Steph ki- parents need their kids to take control and taking control might mean putting the phone away no, kids need parents <clears throat> the other way oh, around what you said <laughs> did i did i did i say it the wrong yeah. way around holy smoke kids need parents to take control yes That's what you meant yeah we will we will stick to that we'll yeah. get we'll get t-shirts printed and we key don't need the baseball kids caps. in control we'll be in all kinds of <laughs> but but it's in control in a non-controlling way okay in a real curious kind of and, and then you hold what you've seen because it's going to activate the parent onto another stratosphere of anxiety and worry and fear and shame and guilt. You have to hold that. And remember, this, this stuff is like droplet by droplet. You know, you're not going to sit down for hours and hours and hours. And that's why I set up the CAM parenting community as well. You come and tell mm. us what you've seen and the community and myself will help you get through. And I think it's trying to remember that what they're seeing on those devices, I'm thinking of like, say of a really toxic group, like there are these pro-anorexic groups out there. Yeah. You know, imagine you had a bunch of them knocking on the door saying, oh, we've just come to teach your daughter how to stuff her face with cotton wool so she doesn't get hungry. You wouldn't oh. let them in. You wouldn't yeah. let them in. So it's the same. Yeah. Isn't it? You know, I never forget there's a, a really good ad, I think it's New Zealand, where the grandmother answers the front door and there's a, a, a <gasps> couple stood there naked. Do you remember this? Yeah, this and, is great. And they're like, oh, we're here to see Andrew. And she's like, what? <laughs> and they're obviously a porn couple. And they're like, oh, we're here to see Andrew. He He's logging on to us all the time. He's one of our best customers. And the gra- grandma's like, Andrew? And he's there with the laptop going... <laughs> <laughs> shocked shocked face you know and it's that kind of thing you know they are they are that is in their space that is in their energy you want to know about it surely yeah 100 percent. And, and and this is where people say to me but the schools should be doing programs oh. on this you know but i say to parents try not to be afraid i mean you're gonna feel fear you're going to be afraid, but that's why you need support as the parent, because 100% you need to know what is my child looking at and what help do they need to navigate this? Yeah. And the only way you can do that is by finding your kind of middle ground within yourself as a parent. Yeah, you know? not not flipping into that. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah, because yeah. that, that would be unhelpful. Yes. Um. So will you do a summary? Oh, okay. You're better, you're... <laughs> no pressure, Steph. Okay. You're better at the so I, Yeah. Okay. So I guess the first thing is to not freak out and go into that overparenting. That oh my god, we need to get you this, that, and the other, and to to be curious, to play detective, to listen, to open up those spaces where there's room for communication, but you're not sat on the bed going right. Let's talk about this. So going for a walk, going for a hot chocolate somewhere going for a drive somewhere 
and like you said doesn't have to be expensive going for a walk on the beach let's go and watch the sunset somewhere together today you know something really lovely possibly outdoors if we can it's a beautiful day here today um just to to open up kind of channels of communication without being down their throat with all the advice to be aware of what they're looking at on devices on or amongst friends and to make it clear that you're going to do that to keep them safe it's not like you're going to punish them by taking the device away because that's just going to push them further and further down into themselves anything else i think something i should have added i was going to say 10 out of 10 stuff that was fabulous i'm definitely going to listen (laughs) um (laughs) I, i i think the bit i would add to the phone is maybe not broker a deal but say to your child look what why don't you just use it for chatting to your pals? Mm. You know, because we don't, yeah, because we don't want to break their communication with their friends because this is like losing a life to them. Yeah. You know, so so kind of say maybe the phone has to go until you figure out how to make it safe, but don't make that like a week or a month, make it like an hour. Yeah. And be like, look, I, I just need to figure out what I'm doing here. And the other thing I'd say to parents is, is don't leave things too late. Mm. So many times I meet parents. And I think it's the saddest part of my job. I meet parents who say, well, I can't be there after school three days a week or four days a week or one day a week because I work. And I say, okay, but your child has an eating disorder or they're suicidal or they're self-harming. And I know that life happens, right? So we've all got bills to pay. We've got this, that and the other. But see, just see where you can make changes in your life. And it does, it might mean not, I mean, because the, the, these are real life things that I've seen. It might mean not going business class to Florida for your holiday next year. But it does mean that you've done your best for your child. You yeah, know? because what's the alternative? God, the alternative is horrendous. And you'll soon be taking time off to work to deal with, you know, a loss. Yeah. And and Steph, this is, I deal with this a lot and parents say, nope, I don't like what you're saying. I'm going to go somewhere else. I, I, I'd say it's like the hardest yeah. part of my job. Yeah. You know? yeah. But 10, 10, 10 out of 10 for your summary. I think yes. that was excellent. We wish okay. you well with your hamstring. Thanks. <laughs> sporting athlete oh, you. Yeah. I always knew it was in you. Well, everyone kept saying to me then, oh my God, were you trying out for Ultimate Hell Week? I was like, look at me. No, <laughs> no, I was not. My kids always say to me, Mom, if we go on Ireland's Fitness Family, you're not coming. <laughs> <laughs> me too. You and me will be on the sidelines. That's fine. There's there's numerous other members kind of of distant relatives that they've interviewed to replace me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm cool with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Have a great week, everyone. Um, We will be back again next week. See you next time. Bye. Kinderama is a multi-activity programme for younger kids. We love to try a bit of everything. Dance, drama, music, yoga, gymnastics, sports and mindfulness all delivered in imaginative classes with original songs, stories, costumes, props and puppets. Kinderama is available in school, in creche, or online. Check out kinderama.com for more info.